Welcome to today's devotional about Matthew chapter 7. Let's read that passage of scripture together. Do not judge, or you will be judged. For with the same judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but fail to notice the beam that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there is still a beam in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the beam out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before swine. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? So if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In everything, then, do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the essence of the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. Beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. By your fruit you will recognize them. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, by your fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the torrents raged, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet, it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the torrents raged, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its collapse. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their scribes. And this is God's word. Now here's my devotional on Matthew chapter 7. In verse 13, Jesus urged his listeners to enter through the narrow gate. That phrase compares the life and destiny of everyone to two very different roads leading in two very different directions. 
and destinations. One gate is wide, and the road beyond it is broad, and there are a lot of people on that road. However, Jesus said, it leads to destruction, according to verse 13. The alternative gate is small, and the road it leads to is narrow, but it leads to life, according to verse 14. But Jesus said, only a few find it. Again, verse 14. Eternal life is hard to find, and comparatively speaking, very few people will actually find it. That's the obvious teaching of Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. But verses 15 through 23 go into more detail. They tell us the implications of the fact that very few people will find the road to eternal life. Jesus called out two implications of the road to eternal life in verses 15 through 23. First, believers should beware of false prophets in verses 15 through 19. And second, believers should beware of false professions of faith in verses 21 through 23. Let's focus on the first of those two implications, namely that believers should beware of false prophets, verses 15 through 19. We think of prophets as people who receive revelation from God, either to predict the future or to rebuke people who are in sin. Those are both valid descriptions of prophets in the Bible and what they did. But prophets, generally speaking, were teachers and appliers of God's word. They brought messages from God, either from direct revelation or from scripture. 2 Peter 2.14 equates false prophets with false teachers. And I think that's what Jesus has in mind here when he talks about false prophets in Matthew 7.15. The command then in Matthew 7.15 is for believers in Christ who are on that narrow road to eternal life to be cautious about anyone who claims to have a message from God. Being cautious goes against the instincts of most of us. We're so accustomed to unbelief in this world and even hostility to our faith in this world that we happily receive anyone and everyone who comes in the name of Christ. You know what it is. If someone says they're a Christian or invokes the name of God or Christ, your heart is instantly drawn to that person and instantly encouraged. But Jesus told us to watch out. False teachers look like true believers in many instances. Jesus said they come to you in sheep's clothing in verse 15b. But despite how good they look, they're in disguise because they want to eat you alive. Jesus said inwardly they are voracious wolves, ferocious wolves in verse 15c. So we should be very careful. We should be very cautious about every new professing believer we meet. We shouldn't immediately accept or reject them. Rather, we should look at the product of their lives. Jesus said, by their fruit, you will recognize them in verse 16a and verse 20. This changes the image from sheep and wolves to good and bad trees. Bad trees don't produce good fruit, according to verse 16 and verse 17. And good trees produce good fruit, not bad fruit, according to verse 17 and 18. Do professing believers that we meet demonstrate a life that is obedient to Jesus Christ? That's the important question. Are they obedient to his words, as verses 24 and 27 describe? Do they hunger for righteousness, like we saw back in chapter 5, verse 6? And do they hunger for truth, like we saw back in chapter 5, verses 17 through 20? 
Do they strive to treat people right, as we saw in verses 21 through 22 of chapter 5 and in chapter 7, verse 12? And do they do everything they can to repair broken relationships when they do treat people wrong, as we saw in chapter 5, verses 21 through 26? Do professing Christians that we meet judge themselves before they try to help others, as we saw here in chapter 7, verses 1 through 6? Do they go to God and ask for what they need in chapter 7, verses 7 through 12? Or do they only apply human effort to get what they want? And so on. We could go right through everything Jesus taught in this Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We could see all of the things Jesus describes. Do you see Christian growth, Christian desires, and Christian interests in the lives of people around you who purport to be Christians, who purport to be Christian leaders and teachers? If not, if you don't see growing evidence of these things, beware of them. Ultimately, you should expect God to expose and remove every false teacher. Verses 19 through 20 says, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by your fruit, you will recognize them. So God will deal with false teachers in his time. But the point of this teaching by Jesus is to get you to be more suspicious and more discerning about the supposed Christians and Christian influences in your life. The Christian life is a narrow road found by few, again, as we saw in verses 13 and 14. So there are more false teachers who crumb in Christ's name than genuine believers who are also bringing God's truth. Because we live in a media age that can broadcast one person's ministry to millions, it is harder than ever to get a close look at how someone else lives. The less you can see about a person's life, the more skeptical you should be about that person's teaching. Who are the major influences in your Christian life? Do you know anything about how they actually live as a Christian? This is the point of this passage and this devotional. It's for us to be discerning about anyone who claims the name of Christ and who claims to offer truth in Christ's name. We should show discernment And we should look at the influences in their lives to decide whether or not they should influence us in the Christian life. So think about who influences you as a Christian and apply some discernment there. I hope this is helpful to you, and I plan to see you tomorrow for tomorrow's devotional. Until then, God bless you, and I hope you have a good day.